let's face it, 2020 has been a dumpster fire, and this holiday season is going to look a little different. You aren't going to any ugly sweater parties, cuffing season is pointless, and forget about Secret Santa. Hang out with us, Molly and Andrea, as we break down your favorite Lifetime and Hallmark-style holiday movies. We've lived together for 10 years. We love snacks, we love wine, and we can't go anywhere right now. We're just two roommates that adore Christmas movies. Throughout this podcast, we will recap 2020's newest Christmas movies while infusing our personal experiences into the mix. It's cozy. It's funny. It's a palate cleanser from this wild, wild year. So relax. Pour yourself a seasonal libation and let's get into it. Hello, today's episode features Dear Christmas. It debuted on Lifetime in November 2020. Directed by Emily Moss Wilson. Written by Juliet Gillio and Keith Gillio. Starring Melissa Joan Hart and Jason Priestley. Let's get into it. Successful love podcaster Natalie heads home for the holidays with no intention of finding true love. She finds herself spending more time with Mr. Christmas than focusing on her work. <laughs> wow. Dear Christmas, we have everything to say and are kind of speechless at the same time. Yes, this is, um, there's so many good things to pick apart in this movie. Yes, and I, 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 I do feel a little bit trepidatious because I don't want to bash it because we did enjoy it. It's, oh, it's a, you know, it's a great holiday movie. Yeah, it's about love, but if you also kind of want a good laugh, it's a good watch. (laughs) First and foremost, Melissa Joan Hart is headlining this movie, okay? Like, let's be real. Yeah, and good old Jason Priestley, both teen heartthrobs back in the day. Yes, you have got my attention. I'm watching because of you guys. You, you know are just very charming, lovely actors, and we love you. And we appreciate you, and we thank you for giving us this awesome gift. Here, here. So the premise of this movie, Melissa Joan Hart plays Natalie. She hosts a podcast about being in love during the holidays. You'll just never guess what the name of this podcast is. Right. Well, it actually might be kind of difficult to guess. It's actually a bit unclear at one point. but Like a lot of things are. (laughs) Yeah. But we believe the podcast is called Dear Christmas. But it could be called Holiday Love, too. We don't know. It could be called Holiday Love. I kind of thought with a name like Dear Christmas, I kind of thought it was going to be like a take on Dear Abby. But instead, it was more like, I kind of would describe it as like chicken soup meets. Remember those chicken soup books? Yeah, I never read any of them. Oh, yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like those chicken soup books meets like Delilah. She is collecting stories to tell. So she's simply just telling other people's love stories. And maybe not finding any of her own. No. And what her real focus is for this is true love versus just love. Very, it's almost indiscernible to most people, but to her it's very important. It's time for Christmas though, so she has to go back to her family for the holidays. Yes. Her family lives in Lake Tahoe, and Natalie works and lives in Chicago. Okay, we live in Chicago, so obviously I was curious about that drive because because she drives to Lake Tahoe and I Googled it. I don't know if I'm looking at the wrong Lake Tahoe, but the one that's coming up for me says it's 29 hours. Yeah. And she says it's been 12. So there's a serious disconnect. I mean, maybe there's like a small town of Lake Tahoe that I'm missing somewhere. But 29 hours is insane. I don't know how you entertain yourself, let alone alone for that long. That is a long time. Molly, what kind of snacks do you take on a road trip? That is a great question, Andrea. Thank you. I was just thinking, sorry, all of my questions are food-based, but I don't care. I'm asking the hard-hitting questions. 
Listen, it depends on how long, but I always want something crunchy. I'm always down for some Cheez-Its or chips. If I'm feeling really fancy, what I'll actually do is get, of course, some already sliced cheese, some crackers, oh and some God. salami, and make little bites for the road. Like oh. them. If I'm not driving, I can definitely do it. I'd say my favorite is actually just a good old homemade sandwich. Yes, 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 yes. It is critical to pack a sandwich. Nothing at any rest stop can compare. No, just do like but bread, lettuce, like mustard, kind of like type pressed of and like condensed yeah, after yeah. being like yeah. smushed under some luggage. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Is it? Would you agree? Is that what's your oh, favorite yeah. snack? Well, obviously, a sandwich is critical. This is going to sound so trashy, but I don't care. I stand by it. Oh, no. That is actually rock. And you know what? I don't think I realized until recently. The magic of combos? No, you actually introduced me to the seven layer dip combo, which is my favorite. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, they're my favorite flavor now. Oh, I don't see that anywhere. Oh, this is why. You have to get them in a gas station. They don't sell them in the store, which I also realized. Well, I only get them at a gas station. Exactly. I'm not getting them grocery shopping. I think shopping. they sold them at grocery stores, which I saw them in the aisle the other day and I was like, oh, but it's just the generic like pizza, whatever. Gas stations are the place to get them. I now, even if I don't want to eat them, I feel inclined to always buy them at a gas station. Oh, yeah. There's just something very satisfying about a combo. The magic of combos. It's, it's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. It's like a little meal and it's a bite-sized meal. So combos, if you're listening, sponsor us. Please. <laughs> she makes it to her hometown. Well, actually, no, she does. That's a lie. She absolutely does not. She gets a flat and yes. she's driving like a hundred hours, like it would nonstop. So that's pretty inevitable, I think. She calls for a service and this fancy little Christmas tow truck shows up and it's the Merrill lead, Jason Priestley, as Mr. Christmas comes to fix all her problems. Exactly. Yes. He is the roadside assistance from AAA and he's like, go sit in my truck and drink some cocoa while I do this. Did you find this problematic? Because I sure did. It's a very Uber-esque tow truck. The truck, the cocoa, it's, it's all a lot. It's all a lot. He has on his truck the antlers in the front. Oh, I didn't notice that. He has these antlers in the window of his truck. To me, antlers in the windows of your truck is the equivalent of like truck nuts. What are truck nuts? Like seasonal truck <laughs> You never know what truck nuts are. <laughs> I can't even explain that. I've literally never... I can't explain that Lyft used to have on the front of their car. I don't... The, the antlers were like seasonal truck nuts. I can't... I don't know 
why I know that. I honestly don't. I feel like I must have just seen them one day and been like, what is that? And someone told me. I don't. I okay, don't. well, I was going to ask if you would be creeped out by any of this, but clearly <laughs> the equivalent to truck nuts would have left you out of that truck. Correct. Yes. So the car is fixed and Natalie is well on her way to her parents' house. And here is where we meet her parents. Yes. As well as her very beautifully pregnant sister, Emma. And her parents, by the way, her dad is played by Ed Begley Jr., which was a real joy to watch. He's just so lovely. He really does just bring a little bit of joy to this film. And he plays the dad in such like a dad way. Very daddy. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah, so she gets to the parents' house. She's super excited for Christmas, but she notices that there aren't any decorations. And the parents explain to her that in their retirement, they have bought this bookstore and therefore they do not have time to decorate for Christmas. They just have happened to hire somebody to do this job. And after searching for some old journals all night and falling asleep to that, she wakes up to some noise outside her window. And you'll never guess who is hanging lights outside her window. It couldn't be. (laughs) It is. It's Mr. Christmas himself, people. She ends up going out to meet him and see what he needs. He says, you really don't remember me? Yeah, and she really doesn't. Apparently, they were in band class together. And she was too cool and didn't talk to him. Right, and then he, I guess he, like, transferred schools afterwards. Yeah, I mean, would you have remembered a person you were in, like, one class with 30 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, if we if it was just one class one year, probably not, no. Right? I don't know why he's so sensitive about it. Get over it. Yeah, come on, dude. Yeah, life's tough. Get a helmet. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this is an important moment for the movie because it sets the tone for the rest of the jobs Chris is going to have for the movie. So, so far we've seen him as a roadside assistance man and now we see him as a decorating man and let me tell you it does not does not stop after this no it doesn't they start to bond while they're here a little bit and you can see a little bit of a spark maybe yeah so after that natalie heads over to her parents bookstore and it is so cute and it's very quaint and they seem so happy Molly, if you were retired and you got to open a small business, what would it be? Well, I've had this dream for a while. Yes. I plan to retire by a lake somewhere, but there's uh, a small town within walking distance, uh-huh. but not too close, so people can't come over all the time. But <laughs> I would like to own uh, a small business where I make my own candles, and they're affordable, and they're actually good scents, and they don't smell like cougar, sugar cookie shit and <laughs> lava and all that nasty what stuff. The good. There was a, I smelled a candle yesterday. It said lava and it did not smell like lava. It smelled like sugar cookies. Lava? Come on. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm going to make real people. Yeah. Uh, affordable homemade candles, but it also, I'm going to sell, I want you to be able to come in the store and get everything you need to host the bougiest cocktail party. Ooh. Oh yeah. Good cheeses, good meats, charcuterie boards, like all the accoutrements you would need in the kitchen utensils and plates and right. cookware. So that's kind of where I'm at right that's now. That's very on brand for you because 
because for those of you who that have never come to our house for appetizers, Molly lays down the hammer with these spreads. I mean, it is really incredible what she can put together. I'd also just like to sidebar, I will not take any ownership part of your store or steal your dream, but I would like to piggyback on your dream if you need help naming the candles. I feel like I would be really good at that. I feel like I've always wanted to have a job where I named nail polish. <laughs> I think I would be really good at that, actually. Like, just not allowed to name any candle marshmallow. Well, I'm certainly not <laughs> naming it lava either. <laughs> Amazing. We also see at the bookstore, the parents are very proud of Natalie, who has just released her book that she's promoting called Holiday Love. At this point, we're not exactly sure what the podcast is called and what the book is called. So I think this is the difference. I think okay. the specific podcast she's doing currently is Dear Christmas. So it's about Christmas love and Christmas love stories because as we're seeing, she's getting these video testimonials from her fans oh. and listeners. But the Holiday Love is a compilation of all of her past podcasts and their okay. stories. Okay, Dear Halloween. Yes. Dear St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Okay, Dear okay. 4th of July. Exactly. But they also, in this story, to help advertise, have a multitude of Melissa Joan Hart slash Natalie cutouts. And they're super right. cute. There may be too many of them. But Andrea, <laughs> I do have to ask you, do you own any cutouts of a human? <laughs> It's so funny that you had mentioned it. The truth is I have a life-size cutout of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It is one of my prized possessions. It is, we've had it a couple years now, so it is getting a little bit worse for the wear in terms of its structural integrity. Our friend Sarah brought it to a drag brunch a couple years ago on my birthday to surprise me because I love DJ. And it has stayed with us ever since. It shows up at every event we go to. It's come to, out with us to bars. It's, yeah. <laughs> I would say, in fact, we could give Sarah the Kathy Najimy Award for best <laughs> brunch entrance. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget it. It was, she walked in and she was like holding this huge rock cutout. She said, table for two. <laughs> Everybody loved it. It was oh, a hit. It was so good. Yes. So she says hello to her parents. She says, thank you so much. This is so lovely. But she has to go get work done. So we next see her in this, what we think is an abandoned pub slash cafe. No, literally nobody else is there. No. But all of a sudden we hear the plucking yeah. of some guitar strings <laughs> and Lo and behold, who is practicing for his winter concert? Mr. Chris Massey. Yes, Mr. Christmas himself. We're on job number three at this point. Yes. Here. Also, I, sh I shouldn't. I shouldn't joke. A lot of people. I've had multiple jobs. Like I don't know. It's the just, joke isn't. He, it, it's not about him having multiple jobs. It's just he was just decorating your house, and now he's doing this. It's more. How yes. do you have the time to do all of these insane jobs? They're time commitment jobs. Yes, that's a good clarification. That's what I meant to say. This Thank isn't you. just working at a you know a retail. Like it's weird. <laughs> And hard. And yes, I guess. So Mr. Christmas takes a seat in this abandoned diner pub situation with Natalie and they begin to talk and they discover that they actually have a lot in common. They've both traveled extensively and they're really starting to bond and hit it off. It's cute. It's nice to see them making this bond very quickly. Natalie, this is, see, this is where things are weird with the job situation. Okay. Because Natalie says, oh, hey, I need to go get a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. Do you want to come help me? And he's like, yeah, sure. Don't you have one of your eight jobs to go to, dude? <laughs> so he takes her down to this, what can only be described as like an endangered nature preserve. <laughs> it's true. What they're doing like, I, is like, illegal. Like they're in, in the 
the thick of the woods and nobody else is around. If a tree fell, who knows if you could hear it. I don't know. It seems very suspect. And the tree that they choose... It's huge! Yeah, it's a monster. Somehow those two are able to cut down that very large tree and yes. get it on the car and get it back to the house. And when they get back to the house, Mr. Christmas meets Emma, the sister, the parents, and they're all kind of like, oh, like he's very cute. Yeah, he's very they cute. the shit out of him. Yes. Exactly. But before he leaves Andrea, uh-huh. and this is now the second time oh, he says this. Oh, I know you're going to say no. Yeah. And he goes, see you tomorrow. And she's like, what? Wouldn't you not find it creepy if somebody that you just met kept saying this to you? Oh, I'd find it incredibly creepy. It's an important note that they did not make plans for tomorrow. That's no, why it's no, creepy. No, it's creepy because he's like, bye. She's like, bye. And he's like, see you tomorrow. And she always says, you seem pretty sure about that. Yeah, instead of being like, whoa, stalker. Yeah, and spoiler alert, he always does see her tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we see Natalie going through some old diaries in her house, and we kind of see a pattern, at least as a child, I don't know, maybe as an adult, of her having a name of a boy like Joe Smith and like a ton of hearts, and the next page is like Joe Smith and like a million X's crossing off, and it's like all these boys, like she's clearly very boy crazy when she was younger. Yeah. Yes, which definitely has led to her unsuccessful love life now. Yeah, it's definitely maybe an indication. She then decides that she can't be distracted by looking at her very aggressive love journals from her youth. So she's going to go to work and she opens up her iPad and she sees she has a video testimonial from one of her listeners. And this one is from Hillary Burton and it's amazing. It is the story of a couple where one person is in the service and Mm -hmm. they met and shortly after he had to leave so they haven't gotten to spend too much time in person together. Mm -hmm. They're telling her this story split screen and we learn that he's going to surprise her and come home. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Clearly this film was made during COVID so a lot of these um, testimonials I think are a really smart vehicle to have these actors not all be on set at the same time. And let me tell you, Hillary Burton is acting her butt off in this. I mean, it was so sweet. It's just a really lovely moment that we enjoyed. It's absolutely incredible that those two minutes she was able to uh, give us so emotion. And Antoine Tanner, too, who played her her significant other. It it was really great, which is why I think Andrea and I can both agree. Uh Uh-huh. We are going to nominate Hillary Burton for for the the Kathy and Jimmy Award. Yeah, and she definitely earns it. I mean, she did a great job. That was real. She's a real talent and this proves it for sure. She starts to get ready for the family tradition of an ugly sweater party. Yes. How do you feel about an ugly sweater party? I hate them. Yes. Because I would love to get an ugly sweater. I would love to have a couple of them. I do think they're funny. I get the idea of it. You are out of your mind if you think I'm going to spend upwards of $25, $30, $40, $50 on your stupid ugly sweater. <laughs> How do you feel about it? No, I feel the same way. I feel like if I have like an allotted budget for clothes, like I want to spend on stuff that I like, not something tacky and gross I'm going to wear once. Yes. And (laughs) clearly, and maybe back in the day, I think we talked about this. Oh, yeah. I think that's I think that's what it is. This was a fun thing because you actually had ugly sweaters. You didn't go buy them. So you could throw these parties. And now it's just so trendy and I'm over it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Maybe, maybe perhaps the nominee for Ursula is just Jess Bradley Swayze. Yes, <laughs> yes gets, a, gets a nod for the Earth, uh, Honorable ugly, mention. Yes. Her family and her are hosting this ugly sweater party. Natalie's sweater is very ugly. So Extremely. Chris Massey makes an, uh, an appearance. And what are they doing, Andrea, for all the people who aren't there? Okay, so <laughs> let me break this down. They're in the kitchen, just the two of them. Making cocktails for presumably no one. I don't really know who, but they have trace. I'm talking green martinis with like a graham cracker crust. I'm talking a pink fruity looking drink. They're pouring wine for seemingly no one. It's a very weird situation. I get it was filmed in COVID, but maybe they should have done like whenever in Home Alone and he has the cutouts and he's dancing and rocking around the Christmas tree to make it look like they're at home. Wow. That's a great idea. That would have been funny. It would have kind of acknowledged it and we would have all had a nice little laugh with them instead of at their expense. Yeah, well, after they finish making a hundred cocktails, um, I don't know, who knows? Maybe they drank them. Yeah, they could have. I mean, you know Emma wasn't drinking them because she is preggers. Right. So they then step outside to make s'mores together with the biggest s'more or the biggest marshmallows I have ever seen in my entire life. They're huge. They're freaking enormous. They make these s'mores. They're bonding. Things are progressing. They're talking about the stars and unicorns and falling in love and all that jazz. Molly's saying it flippantly, but that is actually what the conversation is about. He even has a unicorn on his stupid, ugly sweater. That's true. That is true. But they, they have a moment and he, I think, has to get to one of his other jobs. Yeah. After having multiple drinks. But oh, we'll yeah. let that go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Natalie wins the contest because nobody else was there. <laughs> and I feel so bad. <laughs> listen, okay. we just watched another movie that did a really good job of handling the COVID sitch. So anyway. It can be done. It can be done. So she now, she's desperate to find her eighth grade journal, but it's the one journal she can't find. And this is an important journal because this is when she would have met Chris. I guess she wanted to know if she met him, what she thought about him, if she did, but she cannot find it anywhere. I thought this was like a little dangerous, but also smart because isn't she concerned that she's going to find something bad, but also like, wouldn't you want to know if there was something bad? Definitely. Like, yeah. are you going to find, he kept saying, see you tomorrow. And then yeah. he was stalking you. Right. Are you going to find like a lock of his hair in this journal? That would be bad on her part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She would be the stalker then. But maybe. Okay, look, I'm not so convinced that she has it all together because every single journal is a dude's name with hearts and the next page is like, yeah, very angsty crossing out. And there's even sometimes there's even paragraphs like, I'm so over it. He likes this girl. Right. It's very dramatic. So maybe Chris has it together and Natalie is the one that is. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, is this really a murder mystery? Exactly. So the next scene, Natalie has been seeing all these ornaments around town. Yes, and they're little glass blown hearts. 
Yeah, and they're really lovely. It's explained that they are for first responders, which is so wonderful and amazing. Love first responders, the most respect in the entire world. It's important to acknowledge that's really lovely. She's wondering where these are all coming from. She's walking around town like this is this is this beautiful gesture. Where are these glass blown heart ornaments coming from? You'll never guess. <laughs> Who's also a glassblower. Yeah. Mr. Christmas is the local town glassblower. This is his true passion. So he works all these other jobs so he can blow glass. Yeah. And that kind of, I guess, filled out the picture a little bit more. So Mr. Christmas and Natalie have this ghost glass making montage. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it's like. It was actually really fascinating to watch. Yeah, we can take a beat here because it was honestly mesmerizing. I think you had mentioned like, I think that you they probably had somebody on set that was like an expert because it was actually really beautiful to watch this glass blowing. And it's a very dangerous thing to do. You are dealing with hot metals, hot fires. That's true. And I would think that you would only write this into the story if you actually know a professional glass blower who can come and do this scene if you're if you're gonna show it and they did and it, it was great yeah it was it was great and after this Mr. Christmas invites Natalie to the fireman's ball he sure does and she comes home and she's like I don't have anything to wear I, I just came home for Christmas I don't have any gowns or anything but lo and behold she has an old bridesmaid's dress from her sister's wedding under the bed is it cute no. Well, yeah, it, it leaves something to be desired. Yeah. yeah. It kind of looks like a prom dress, to be honest. But mm. as we all know, sometimes you don't have the best bridesmaid's dress, but at least it was there. It, ha- it was something for her to wear. And Melissa Joan Hart, of course, always looks beautiful. <gasps> she could put true. a trash bag on and we'd and be all about tour. it. And be Yeah, exactly. So she is all ready to go to the ball when her sister Emma goes in to labor. Most people <laughs> in this situation... <laughs> would probably call Mr. Christmas and say, hey, you have met my sister. She is very, very pregnant. She's going into labor. Obviously, I'll see you in a couple days. But not Natalie. No. But even Emma's like, go to the ball. Don't worry about me. Right. So luckily, Emma's husband, who we're pretty sure was a hunky crew member they decided to throw in, comes to the rescue, takes her to the hospital, and Natalie's on her way to this ball. Natalie's like, peace, sis. And she heads heads off to the ball. She arrives. They are the only two there. Surprised? (laughs) Yes. Either this was an early night for all the firemen or... There's no trash or anything anywhere. No cups, glasses, plates. There was no semblance of an idea that people were even there before. But it doesn't stop them from slow dancing. And they have a nice little moment... So after this, the next day, Natalie's on her way to give Emma and the baby some balloons. And she stops by to say hi to Chris. And he's too busy to spend time with her. But after she leaves, he makes this phone call that is like, I'm falling in love with someone. So we're just trying to get from A to B here, people. I don't really Yeah, it's very strange. It gets a little bit stranger in the next scene, though. Definitely. So there is a moment, you know, there's some advice moment from parents, which, by the way, I think we should just take one second to mention that the mom and the dad have a really, really true love-y relationship. Oh, yeah, that's important. And they're adorable and also weird and awkward to watch. (laughs) 
I think that covers it. <laughs> yep. Just wanted to point that out. So it is Christmas morning. It's Christmas morning. We meet We meet the new baby. This is going to be tough to talk about because I'm going to break it down for you. The baby was a freaking doll. <laughs> you saw it. They didn't make any directorial choice to put that baby away no. and put it off to the side. Multiple people passed this stiff baby <laughs> plastic doll around and you saw its shiny little face. What was that Bradley Cooper movie with the fake baby that everyone was flipping out about? Shooter, was that it? Something like that. Oh, uh, American, American Sniper. Sniper. American, yeah. yeah. It was very that. It was very that. Yes. They didn't learn the lesson, apparently. Poor baby. Okay. So they're passing around this fake baby, and it gets to Chris Massey and Natalie. (laughs) How terrible does that sound? They're passing around this fake baby, (laughs) and it gets to him. It's It's like hot potato. Yes. And let me tell you, Mr. Christmas gets burned on this one. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Real hard. He is out. He is definitely out. Because he is standing there with Natalie holding this fake baby. And the mom is like, let me take a picture of you three. And this is where I'm going to make my nomination. I nominate that fake little (laughs) baby as the Ursula. Yeah, I have to agree with you. There is literally no other option. It's that baby all day. Worse than an ugly sweater, man. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Totally. It is an awkward moment. How would you feel if like you weren't really dating somebody and and your mom or their somebody else's mom just like was like, smile, oh, he looks good with the baby. How awkward is that? Oh, it'd be so cringy. Oh my gosh, it'd be so embarrassing. So after this, it obviously propels Natalie and Chris to step outside and have a conversation about moving too fast. To which I say, you think? (laughs) It's been like a week, right? Yes. Chris pretty much almost admits that he's in love with her and wants to spend the rest of his life with her. But he doesn't quite say that. She says, I need time. Yeah, she's like, give me a break. I just need some space. I'm not moving here. My life is in Chicago. I just need some space. So he leaves. It brings us to a montage that I like to call the I'm fine montage. This was a rough one. Natalie is. Natalie I can't I this what is, is it about this movie? That I don't know. Between so truck nuts is, and the I'm fine and the baby. I two in the afternoon and we cannot get it together <laughs> right now. Okay. You know, she's not fine. Let's just establish the fact that she's not fine. Bottom line, not fine. She's wrapping a present and Emma looks at her and she says, I'm fine. And then right. dad looks at her and she goes, I'm fine. Uh-huh. But then there's a pivotal. It, which culminates it, yeah. to, to this one moment where she turns into a mirror and she looks at herself. She says, I'm fine. Yikes. It was bad. Yeah, for somebody like me, I talk to myself a lot, but to make eye contact with yourself in the mirror and have the a lie to yourself, come on. We we gotta get some we gotta get some honesty going, Natalie. You're not fine, and that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But she has to pull it together because she's gotta do this live podcast about love, which she's struggling with. She's getting her whole station set up at her house when her dad, Ed Begley Jr., enters to give her her Christmas present. Which is is wrapped almost like a journal. And in fact, it is a journal. It is her eighth grade journal that she has been looking for this whole time. Okay. (laughs) 
You've seen me looking for this, Dad. I have been ripping the house apart looking for this. And you have the audacity to wrap it and hide it from me (laughs) until the last second. And he also says he didn't read it. Yeah, right. You totally read it. He probably, never mind. I was going to have a conspiracy theory, but we need to tell, we need to go over what happens first. Oh, okay. (laughs) So she opens it up and she, right before she starts her live podcast, she sees that she had written Chris Massey's name and there's stickers and hearts all around it. And so she ends up telling her own love story on this podcast. I was going to say, do you think the dad did that to get them together? (laughs) (laughs) It's. It's very possible. There were no other stickers in the rest of her journals. Also, how mad would you be as a listener? Like, you didn't pick one story out of all these testimonials you watched? Be like, come on, I did great. Put me in, coach. Yeah. (laughs) But this happens, and I'm sure you know that Chris is listening over his truck nut radio. (laughs) To be clear, I feel like if I haven't said it before, he doesn't actually in this movie have them. All I'm saying is like, <laughs> you're going to have to watch and see and drink along with us. Yeah, actually, that's fair. That's fair. Chris hears her declaration of love, rushes over to her, and he's... He, he's so ridiculous. <laughs> I love Sorry, her so much. Just... Melissa, don't be mad at us, please. He, okay. gets, he comes in the shittiest Santa suit you've ever seen. Because he's Santa, too, if you didn't know. Yeah, he's Santa, and he's wearing the suit. Molly hated this suit. She was like, it was rough to look at. And he gives her a ring, but he says, this is not an engagement ring. It's just a ring that says, means like, I love you. I want to have a future with you. And he like... And we're committed. And we're... Which I guess could be a promise ring, but this looks like an engagement ring. That's an odd concept to me if you're not 13 years old. Interesting. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I actually never really thought about my feelings on a promise ring. I'll have to get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. They kiss and... That's Dear Christmas. Yes. Yes. Look, it's fun, okay? You will have a good time watching this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a great time watching it. I'm crying. (laughs) Yeah. You all laugh. You all enjoy it. Just watching those two on screen is great. So how would you... Let's get down to it. We know our Ursula is that fake baby. We know that Kathy and Jimmy is Hillary Burton, who's in the movie for a minute. Right. And let's get to the Bechdel test. How do you feel about it? I thought about this... Sometimes she talks to another woman about love in general, like kind of openly, like her boss. Does that... I'm not giving this movie the best <laughs> test pass. I'm just going to tell you right okay. now. <laughs> I was going to say like in broad strokes terms, they're just talking about love, not necessarily a man, but yeah, um, maybe not. What about representation? I'm sorry, what representation? Yeah, what about it? Yeah, there, there was, was none. literally zero. Which was disappointing for sure. What would you rate this movie from cold cocoa to hot cider? I would say it's a cold mug of that cider that Mr. Christmas had in his truck, but there's no cinnamon. There's no red pepper flakes. Oh, okay. And it's an ugly mug. Oh. That's how I would rate this. Oh my goodness. You can't see this, but Molly has her hand on her hips right now also. (laughs) So she means business. I would say that I would rate it. um, I was just very taken by these monstrous marshmallows. I would get a marshmallow. I've 
hollow it out and then I would pour chocolate milk inside of it. Ooh, okay. That's okay. what I would write. That's this. cute. A marshmallow bowl full of chocolate milk. So you yeah. think it might be hot chocolate, but you're a little disappointed. Correct. Precisely. <laughs> exactly. And I wanna I wanna preserve the structural integrity of the marshmallow. Well, kids, there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Quarantine Christmas. Be sure to check out our Instagram, Molly and Andrea Podcast, and we've curated a banging holiday playlist on Spotify called Quarantine Christmas Podcast Playlist. And most importantly, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, call your neighbor, text your ex. No, just kidding. Please don't do that. Spread the word about Quarantine Christmas. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.